1: California,
2: and Texas, and New York, and we're going to South Dakota, and Oregon, and Washington, and Michigan, and then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! The Halloween candy has been distributed. I saw the snowfly. It's November 1st. It's election shock therapy. It's fall. Let's do this, guys. Are you feeling it? Are you feeling fall? Wait, wait, wait. You've seen, You've seen snowfly? There we were leaves leaves very
0: small flakes. That's All it. right,
2: let's, let's, let's get this out here. My name is Chris Moore, and I'm in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota at Bethel University. And joining me from South Carolina is <laughs> Mitch McCrum. And also joining me in the frigid north are
1: Andy Ramson. <laughs> and Matt Kukum. I'm wearing flannel.
2: Yes, Mitch, I'm wearing a sweater. Yes, there were <laughs> snow flurries today. Would you
3: like to brag about your South Carolinian weather? Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 in sh- I'm, I'm in short sleeves, um, and, um, and let's just to... show off your, your your tattoo sleeve. But... That's yeah, right. right. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. right. right? right. we're
0: shorts long short, tattoo short. sleeves, so it's nothing that bad here.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, the sun is now shining. It's 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 fine, but it's yeah. A- any <laughs> any sense of a extended uh,
3: warmish fall has is now elapsed. The Um, tree outside my window still has green leaves. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yep. Not not so much here. (laughs) Yeah. That's
1: standard for South Carolina.
2: The squirrels outside our office suite are now wearing their little uh, Columbia vests.
1: (laughs) Furiously burying acorns. Yep.
2: Exactly. So gentlemen, we're here with a quick hit podcast to talk kind of briefly about a phenomenon that we as political scientists have observed in the American electoral system. And that is the prospect of the nationalization of American political issues. You may be asking, what do you mean by nationalization? Well, for a variety of reasons, which we'd like to explore here briefly, various local politics don't stay local. Uh, They turn into national events and local events take on the character of national events. So to kind of explain what we mean by that, guys, help me out here. What is, the, what is nationalization when it comes to American political issues? Well, so
3: when we're thinking about uh, uh, nationalization, it's, it's essentially it means that what local issues um, used to be, like if you rewind a few decades here, Um, It used to be the case that when you looked at like local politicians, mayor's races, um, even to some degree, like House of Representatives races, um, you know, governorships, all kinds of, you know, county commissioners, whatever, like, you know, what have you, all these sort of like local, more local elections the issues that would be at play would mostly be uh you know again would be local issues things that would be only affect a particular area so you think about like you know a mayor's race would be about you know how are you going to pave the roads and how are you going to make sure the you know sewage system stays working and how what about all the trash that's accumulating in the parks or whatever you know all that kind of uh sort of like immediate local problems and issues um and what has increasingly uh, been the case um, in the la- over the last uh, couple of decades, and I, I think it's safe to say, I think I think it's correct to say, it's really accelerated, especially in the last decade, um, yeah. that uh, you know essentially even local races begin to be bound up with uh, more national issues. Instead of thinking about, you know, instead of politicians talking more about like what are they going to do to make sure, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know the. I mean, I don't know the, you know, what are they going to do to make sure the roads stay paved or whatever? Instead, we're talking about, you know, what is your, um, you know, what's your, what's your view on, uh, I don't know, all kinds of <laughs> whatever, what, you know, what's, what's, your, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your take on Trump or what is your view yeah. of, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. of whether, of whether uh, President uh, Obama um, was, was, was born in the U S or what's your view on, um, you know, whether, uh yeah, etc. You can get you can get the same ideas, right? All of these sort of like national litmus tests essentially get transposed onto um local politics.
0: Right, right. And it's like there's so there's a famous book that came out a few years back um by Tip O'Neill, who is the speaker of the House, and it was called All Politics is Local, right? And so here's O'Neill is this national political leader, but he's elected from this House district in Massachusetts, and he talks about the kind of that traditional view, which is you know, it's about serving your constituents, keeping those senses mended at home. I mean, O'Neill famously won like pretty much every election he was ever in, right? And it was like, I built those relationships back home. That's what matters. Those people know me. They trust me. They know I'm going to look out for their interests. That's really what it comes down to for most of politics, exceptions being like presidential races, maybe Senate to some extent, right? Um, that's shifted, right? Because now it really is less about, um, you know, are you taking care of the needs back home? But are you on the right side as I perceive the right side as your voter, right? And the right side being, you know, the tribe of the left or the tribe of the right, which we've talked about here before. So I won't go back into the tribalism issue, but I think, you know, that has changed. And it's weird because as Mitch points out, I mean, like a lot of those races really are about things like, you know, how's our sewage system working right how well are we providing electricity <laughs> how well are we mending roads right are the roads big enough that's a big issue where i live right um one of our roads is always congested and that comes up right but but increasingly like then you get weird things like what do you think about trump and that's been one of the most relevant ones recently right where do you stand on this right it's like i don't care where my mayor stands on that i do care that he knows how to repair roads and make sure that the roads you know have room for all of the cars that in our increasingly growing area um so that's the kind of idea of that that nationalization and it's a it's a pretty significant shift since O'Neill came out with that book in the early nineties.
1: I think it's, I, Oh, go, go ahead. ahead Chris. I was just going to say, it's interesting to think about some of the reasons why I'm mean, going to think, um, and you're mix. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, case in point, right. In the, the re, there was a recent debate between the Republican, the Democrat in the New Jersey gubernatorial race. Okay. And the, basically the debate was completely, completely consumed with, discussion about like Trump and Biden and COVID and very little on issues that matter to New Jersey. And the question is why, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of reasons why Um, one of them has to do with the nationalization of media, right? So um, you have um, increasingly people sort of paying attention to national level politics, um, and there are plenty of media outlets that are there to service um, that desire, right? Right. Um, but also the demise of local newspapers yes, as well. um exactly. there is there is a lot less coverage of local issues um, and things that actually touch people's everyday lives. And that's a really, really important part of the story. Um, also, as the perceived stakes of national level politics increase, right? As people sort of see gaining control of the presidency or the court system or, you know, Congress, you know, as the perceived stakes, rise, people place more more stock in those elections and in national level issues, right? And that can tend to swamp local elections, right? Um, And and we see politicians themselves in these races um, are pivoting away from local issues to um, national level Um, national level conversations, right? Usually in these more sort of controversial sort of culture war type issues, because now politicians know that this is the most surefire way to rile up your base, um, to raise money, right? Um, And this is going to be, this is going to be a more effective electoral strategy. So um, there's, so there's a supply side and there's kind of a demand side, you might say. Right, right.
2: Yeah, I'm going to footstomp what Matt just said because, in the absence of local media, which can, which frankly has, has the capacity to do a better job covering local races, we get um, a reliance on something which psychologically is like catnip to us, which is outrage. Yeah. And so, getting people to care about labor negotiations between the teachers union and the school district it's kind of hard and people can pretty easily see both sides of that pretty quickly. We're talking about um, eighth grade math scores or eighth grade reading scores. Like that, that people, people should care about that. That should be why you vote for a school board member if they raise the rates at which your students are performing. But what the, what makes us angry, what makes us fired up is critical race theory. And so, if I can turn my um, school board election into a referendum on critical race theory, that's something the national media yeah. can cover, and that's something that just—it's just like raw sugar to yeah. the endocrine system of the of the American electorate.
0: Yeah, and and it's great. I mean, to emphasize that point, and then you get out the vote, right? I and mean, like this is how you get voters yeah. out, so you can win the office. Um, so it's effective at that level, but it does then turn the focus to things that are really. Not what the job's about at some level.
1: Yeah, I, I would, would like to push back a little bit on the school board. In, I mean, so obviously school board elections, you know, there's a lot of them happening, even in areas where there isn't um, other major elections, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly national, for example. Yeah, I mean, certainly national issues have taken over. You know, a lot of school board sort of politics, right? But there's there's you know considerable because there are really different discussions happening in different school districts across America, depending on where you are, right? So so in some districts, um, you know, CRT is really the thing, right? But in some school districts, it's transgender bathrooms, right? In yeah. schools that have been closed a lot over the past year and a half, there's a lot of criticism for schools not reopening, right? And the schools that have been open a lot, right, the conversations are different. And and those issues are very much in play. So, mm-hmm. so. I think there's two levels, right? Yes, there are certain things in school board elections that are politicized by the national media, but those are also the issues that get the most attention by the national media. The on-the-ground yeah. the on the things that people are actually discussing, you know, in, you know, the the parent teachers conferences and in the school board, you know, open hearings or whatever. There's a lot more variation in those, and there's a lot of local issues there, but they're not really discussed. They don't rise to the level of of, of attention like you know the really hot button sort of culture war issues. So, so politics is still local um, in in some important respects. I would say,
2: okay, but. Matt, isn't it the case, though, that these sort of national kinds of issues are just getting reinterpreted through locals? I mean, there, there's kind Certainly. of a menu, right? Sure. Um, mm-hmm. you, you kind of enumerated it. It's uh, it, reactions to COVID, reactions sure. to the pandemic, masking, vaccination, uh, social distancing, online education. That's one whole bucket of issues that's dramatically affecting school districts across the country. Transgender questions, um, LGBTQ more generally is a second is another bucket of issues and i i think crt and sort of uh this idea of cultural marxism being disseminated through higher education or through education is uh is a third bucket and sometimes those buckets sort of spill into each other but those buckets don't change much across the country do they
1: well, okay, so buckets will change over time, and the buckets might be true for multiple school districts. So, like, you know, yep. back yeah. during the civil rights era, it would have been, you know, segregation and integration and busing, right? So the mm-hmm. issue is national in scope, but how it plays out on the ground is gonna sort of depend on the particular school district because each district is gonna have its own policy, different school boards are gonna own different policies, and then that's yes. gonna cause reactions on the ground. So the issues might be national and to some extent have always been national. Or certain priorities are going to be important for everyone, right? Um, or issues are going to be salient for everyone, but mm-hmm. there are still sort of local considerations that are impacting how people actually vote um, in these school board elections.
3: Okay, I think, My- I, think one, I think one of the things. I think one sort of way to sort of like thread what's going on, because I think, because I mean, I think, I, I think, I think, I take Matt's point. I mean, there are different different things and different discussions that are happening in different school districts but i think what feels different now or what seems different now is that first of all there are sort of like um you know i, I mean i think that's right i mean that there have always been these sort of like national level discussions yeah. i mean again yeah. you think about you know again the civil rights era is one of these mm-hmm. moments of course and you know you yeah. can think about some of the you know, worries about. Uh, I mean, there's been tons of worries about public education <laughs> for for years. I mean, in terms in in various in various terms, um, but I think I think one of the things that seems increasingly the case for for a lot of people in a lot of these races, uh, um, is that. Um, it's just that it's just that it seems like those, those are the only issues in some ways or even right. the most important issues. Whereas in the past, you might have said, well, yes, you know, what you think about race matters, right. but it also sure. matters what you think about, you know, our busing crunch and, you know, what you are going to do about, you know, um, I don't know, <laughs> training our teachers and, you know, the mm-hmm. fact that our, you know, classrooms are overcrowded or what, you know, what have you, you know, these sorts of issues. And it just seems like more and more those issues are not what people are focused on when they're voting even for these local issues like a school board you know so while it might be you know lgbtq issues in this district and critical race theory in that district and you know covid policy in this district it's still like at each district it's like a national level issue that's probably driving most people to determining their vote instead of saying like oh you know i don't like this person you know because they have you know they don't share my views on uh, on, on 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 COVID, but you know, I could maybe see past that because I think they have the right perspective on, you know, busing or classroom size or whatever. Like you know, it's just hard to mm-hmm. imagine that right now. You know, it's hard to imagine somebody going to the polls and saying like, um, I'm going to vote for somebody um, who 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 opposes my views on these national issues um, because I still think they get everything else right or something like that. It just seems like that's happening less and less. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. So here's another way of framing, I
2: guess, the issue that I'm talking I'm, I'm thinking my way through here with you all. We have issues like the busing shortage, which I would I would definitely think would be an important local issue for parents and districts to resolve sort of a a, a crisis of a dearth of bus drivers in the post covid era. But that doesn't seem to be highly mobilizing as an issue, either in terms of drawing media attention or drawing voters to the polls. What's drawing voters to polls are these national issues, which can be linked to polarize, polarizing positions, right? You mm-hmm. either think that critical race theory is important because it reveals um, a, essentially uh, the, 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 the stories and narratives in American history of the oppressed, or you think it's Marxism that's, that's uh, teaching us to um, hate the, uh, the great things about, about the United States. I'm probably articulating that poorly, but like you've you've got um, you know you've got it's polarizing. Just just mm-hmm. like um, masking is polarizing, just like um, vaccination is polarizing, and so forth. Those right. kinds of polarizing issues aren't just polarizing in the sense that they're binary. They're polarizing in the sense that they're lining people up to a certain version of the Democratic and Republican parties, or right. to yeah. extreme liberal and extreme conservative positions um whereas resolving a busing crisis doesn't necessarily put you in that same kind of boat so i I, that's why i feel like these issues are are nationalized and 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 nationalization is running the game even if local politics still matters especially in small localities I'll, i'll be honest here i'm not sure who listens to this podcast but (laughs) I came came from a small town, Uh, my small town, uh, the county my small town is located in is 90% Republican, Um, 90% of people voted for Trump in 2020. Um, And yet they are concerned at the local school board level about the introduction of critical race theory into the curriculum at the school. And there are people running for the school board with that as their concern, despite the fact that there is literally no one running espousing some kind of critical race theory right. education. Right. Right.
0: Right. And it's a great, like, and again, it's a great get out the vote strategy. Right. I mean, like because you're, you're preaching to a very sympathetic choir there. Right. I mean, who, yeah, yeah, this is, this is, but a, it's, it's I mean, literally
2: not an issue. Like it's right. right. At least, at least I have no evidence to suggest that this is a problem, but every evidence to suggest that right. everybody is mad about it. Yeah, but
0: it's still but it's still a great vote getter, right? And so I think it does that. And you're right, and like, and the other thing that strikes me about this is you were talking, Chris, is like, it's just like we've we've removed the idea to think about like how do we find solutions on this? How do we find like nuanced ways? Which is what things like school boards should do, right? I mean, they're just there to like they're there to help smooth the way to educate children well. So we need to get them to school, busing, right? Um, mm-hmm. And to then think about how do we balance classrooms and environments so that different kinds of students are you know like accommodated well right i mean so you you have a school and you have lgbtq students right and you have students who are going to say um you know there's things that are, i morally cannot affirm right how do you think about a way for all those people to be educated together we're not really thinking about that right what we're thinking about is two hardline positions this is morally wrong and we're going to stand against it or we should affirm everything and everyone should sign on to this affirmation right and that's a slightly simplified version of those polls but not by yeah. much right and, and what we should be thinking about is saying they all need to go to school together. Now, how do we make this happen well, right? And the same with race. I mean, like, you know, there's no question there have been racial injustices done in this country. And there's no question also, in my mind at least, like that there's been great good in this country, right? And we can, we can think about both those things together, but instead what we're doing is it's one or the other. Praise everything, admit almost no wrong, or this really kind of hyper negative. And that's the way it's being framed. Instead of saying, like, how do we think about Educate a well-rounded education that would include both of those, which I'm sure a lot of educators are trying to do, but that's not what you're getting in the elections. That's not the rhetoric you get.
2: So one last way of framing this question, I'll keep this short, um, is this seems like school boards are being talked about and, and are reacting much more to this nationalization effect this cycle. Is that because we're in an off year and so there's nothing else to focus on? So we're focusing on school boards or are we actually seeing the increased politicization and polarization of American school boards?
1: Do you guys have a sense? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good question. I think, I think there is more nationalization this year and I think there's two reasons. Um, first of all, There's been COVID, the pandemic, which means that, you know, a lot of schools shut down. So education education policy um, is front of mind for a lot of Americans, for good reason, right? Um, Because it's had a particularly big impact on their children. Um, And of course, there also has been an uptick um, over the past several years um, in the number of states and school districts that are um, pushing critical race theory for lack of a better term we could flesh out that term have a whole podcast on it potentially yeah. um and yeah yeah
2: have, yeah, yeah white guys so critical
1: it, it's race that'll go over <laughs> well. Yeah exactly so so i mean there has been and you know and, and what i'm talking about is not merely sort of the introduction of you know, of certain themes related to race in the United States, right? Um, about the history of slavery or the history of, of segregation or whatever, but um, but a lot of, you know, far more controversial um, concepts, um, you know, in which students are asked to, you know, uh, white students are asked to apologize to black students for their, for their racial sins and various sorts of um, highly controversial policies like these have become more frequent in a number of different schools across the United States. And a lot of parents, um, are reacting to that too right so um so that is a national trend that people are reacting to Fair enough. So, um, so yes I, I would i agree with you there, there are good reasons i think why you, why um school district elections school board elections education is more front of mind and salient this year than previous years yeah but,
0: it's, but again this trend is not just you know the the school boards too right? I mean, this is happening, like, you know, prominently in the Virginia governor race right now, right, where, you know, I mean, President Biden has you know, almost made this, like, saying, like, this is going to be a test of how well my administration's doing, which is just odd, right? Like, it's it's the Virginia governor race, right? And on the other side, right, I mean, Youngkin is seen as this kind of Trump stand-in by some people, and, you know, this, again, is the test of how well Trumpism playing in a swing state, right? Um, and, again, you know, he's not, I mean, a former Trump administration official or anything like that. I mean it's a very strange kind of nationalizing. I, mean, I, I keep getting these, you know, I get, I'm on these email lists for different politicians, right? And so then they, of course, sell my email. And so I get all these crazy emails, but you know, like they keep making these kinds of nationalizing cases. And I'm like, I really don't care who Virginia elects as their governor. I don't live in Virginia. I have no connection to Virginia. They can elect whoever they want because they are Virginians and that is their job. And <laughs> I do not care. I live in Minnesota. It's far away. Like, leave me alone. Right. right. <laughs> but I mean, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of attitude we have is like, no, no, that you should care. This is going to be terrible, which, you know, whichever way you go, it's going to be terrible because you're going to get get this like Trump, you know, affiliate or this Biden affiliate. And either way, like, you know, but well, all- yeah,
1: yeah, two points. Um, First, politics is increasingly becoming a sport, right? Yeah. And so wherever the game is being played, um, that's going to become increasingly important for people um, or in, you know, interesting to people who like to talk about politics. Um you know, it, part of the reason why the Virginia governor's race is um, getting a lot of attention is well, first of all, it's uh, it's around Washington D.C. where a lot of political reporters are, right? So there's that, and the same thing for for New Jersey, right? So kind of in their backyard, they report on it. That's a phenomenon. Of course, also. Um, it's you know one of the few sort of major, you know, state level races that we have, right? Um if this was happening in the middle of a presidential election year, no one would be talking about it outside of Virginia for the most part. But this is the only game that's going on. People are paying right. attention. Interesting thing about Terry McAuliffe, though, is he has tried to actually make his um political oh, yeah. pitch more local, right? So McAuliffe has been very much trying to tie um tie Glenn Youngkin, and the Republican to Trump and to national level issues. Um, Terry McAuliffe has brought in a number of um, big-hitting sort of Democratic speakers: Joe Biden, Jill Biden, Barack Obama, Kamala Harris, Stacey Abrams. Right, all of these, all of these big sort of Democratic yeah. names. Uh, McAuliffe has done that. Whereas Youngkin has tried to avoid (laughs) campaigning with Trump and has very much focused on sort of kitchen sink, uh, kitchen table sort of issues, right. Um, you know, like education, um, taxes, sort of bread and butter stuff. Um, that is, that is less controversial. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what happens with the election, um, and, yeah Be, because i think it's going to say something about you know whether or not republicans can benefit perhaps by pivoting to to local politics and how much people actually care about local politics versus national politics i right. that's what i'm curious about when it comes to the governor's race not so much who wins but um the effectiveness of these different strategies
0: yeah
3: although with that said one I mean, of the point. things oh, sorry, so, go
0: ahead, Andy. i was just going to say yankins and Youngkin's polling has been improving right so i wonder if that that appeal is resonating with certain Virginians who say "Hey, this is
3: about us, not about a referendum on Joe Biden. Right. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. I'm actually not totally sold on that. I mean, one of the things from my watching of the Virginia governor's race is that Yonkin was losing for a long time, um, which is what was expected. I mean, right. you know, Virginia has been a blue state. Um, but the moment that seemed to sort of like pivot for, um, for, for him, um, was when he sort of, um, You know, basically, there was a moment in one of the governor's debate, in one of the debates, um, where essentially, (laughs) um, you know, I can't remember, I I can't remember the exact quotes, but, you know, and and, and the context, but basically, um, McAuliffe basically said something along the lines of, um, you know, school, school teachers should be determining curriculum, not parents. Um, And I have the quote for you. Okay, there you go.
1: (laughs) Quote, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach, end quote.
3: Right. Well, that's the truncated version. I think the larger version had more um, yeah, context yeah. to it. Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but I but I do think that you know part of what has led Yonkin to his success actually has been exactly that sort of like drawing on this nationalized, more nationalized issue. I mean, I think hammering that, moving his advertising primarily to that issue because it's a nationalized issue is exactly what's Mm -hmm. galvanized, um, you know, more Republicans in Virginia um, to his side. And so I'm actually, I actually think in some ways, you know, the education issue is actually less uh, a bread and butter issue as much as it is actually Yonka nationalizing the campaign. Um, Mm -hmm. And in response to that, McAuliffe has called in, sort of the big national guns to try to save his neck. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so I, again, I, you know, I, I, think, I think in looking at this, again, it comes back to these nationalizations. And I guess one other thing, I mean, just to sort of say, you know, I mean, I, obviously there's been examples of like, you know, stuff that happens that's, you know, at, at best unwise <laughs> in terms of teaching um, issues of race yeah. and things like yeah. that. Um, But I mean, with that said, I think one of the things to kind of keep in mind, I think this is where the nuance often gets lost is in some in a lot of these cases, I mean, they're relatively isolated. And what's happening in most schools is not really what's happening in in sort of these more extreme examples. And I think I think that's, again, you know, the fact that the you know, anytime you have sort of a bad moment, you know, a bad curriculum, a teacher who does things in, in a wrong way or, you know, or in a less helpful way or whatever, however you want to frame it that sort of like immediately becomes a national story and that frames all of the discussion. And so you lose, you know, and I think that's the problem. I mean, the whole problem is like, you know, we have these examples which are probably relatively rare, um, but then that frames the entire discussion of like, well, how should we teach um, you know, race or how should we te- you know how should we think about lgbtq issues and and how to uh you know accommodate students in the classroom and things like that you know it just sort of obscures all that and i just i think that's that's where we're seeing sort of the the problem is is it is 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 it precludes all of that you know the fact that these sort of like extreme examples become uh, again the talking point i mean you know that we're thinking in in those terms as opposed to like well, you know. Yeah, that they're that they're that are shades. There's a lot of shades in between. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So basically, probably whichever one of them wins is going to be seen as like an affirmation of the nationalization. Either Youngkin on the on the education issue or McCullough for bringing in the big guns who brought him across the finish line. So, oh well, I was hopeful for a minute there that maybe we could you know reframe this, but
2: <laughs> no, I think this nationalization issue is here to That's stay. Fair. But the question becomes: It's visiting school boards this year where does it go next? Um, yeah. Obviously, next year, we'll have congressional seats, yep. which will draw a lot of attention. Yeah. But this isn't over. And we can see an increased sort of partisan politicization polarization of other kinds of offices we've traditionally thought of as nonpartisan. And that's worth paying attention to as well. Yep. And then I think fighting against. Yep. Um, thanks, guys. This is helpful for me to clarify my thoughts. Hopefully, it's helpful for listeners to listen to too. If you have other questions for us, concepts we can explain, quick hits that we can address, you can always reach out to us at, at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to us. Make sure you check out the other things in the, on the podcast channel, whether it's Avatar with Academics, which just wrapped up its final episode. Uh, we've got Tweet Victory. We've got Video Store, lots of other great stuff on the channel. Thanks for listening to, for, to us. And until we're back in your podcast feed again, go Royals.